I'm Maurice McDavid, host of Black, Brown, and Bilingue, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. I am your host, Fonz Mendoza, and I am so excited to be here with you on this wonderful Monday evening, or it could be well into Tuesday, or depending on where you are in the world, if you're live with us and catching us, thank you so much, as always, for all of your support. We really appreciate all the likes, shares, and follows, all the love that you give the podcast. We really appreciate it because this is a labor of love. As an educator, our mission is definitely to connect educators and creators one show at a time. So I am excited for today's conversation, and I am excited to be able to speak to an amazing guest that we just, you know, barely really recently actually connected on Twitter but who has been doing some great uh, stuff in the AI space and obviously having some awesome conversations and back and forth on Twitter and really, you know, asking the questions and probing and challenging and so on. And I'm just really excited to have Logan Greenhaw on the show today. Logan, how are you this evening? I'm great, Fonz. Thanks so much again for inviting me to be on this show. I've been listening to this podcast for a while, and uh, I think you're having the really important conversations we need to be having right now. So thank you so much. And how are you tonight? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Logan. And I am doing excellent. I just finished downing a little double espresso. And so I am caffeinated. I am energized. And most importantly, because we are talking about ed tech and one of my favorite topics right now, and actually, it's probably one of, of well, the topic that is really in everybody's tip of their tongue talking about AI in the education space. So I'm really excited to get that conversation going. However, before we get started, Logan, for all our audience members that are checking us out live or will be checking us out on the replay, can you give us a little brief introduction and your context in education? Sure. Uh, so I am an eighth grade English language arts teacher at a public school in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Uh, I'm actually a beginning teacher. I started teaching just last year. And even in that context, I started out as a TA in a classroom for children with exceptional needs and then transitioned midway through the year to an English language arts classroom. And so this year actually is my first real full year of being a teacher. So that's my primary context and uh, secondary context is uh, I'm also a web developer. That's what I did before teaching. And as a result, uh, with all of the innovations concerning artificial intelligence, I decided to start a company called Auto Classmate that incorporates AI and provides tools and resources for teachers to use and leverage AI for their own classroom uh, learning opportunities. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited, Logan. Thank you so much for that brief introduction, because I know that it, it may be a little redundant, but, you know, as you know, 
everybody that comes on the show is somebody that is doing some great things in this space and having some great conversations and, and catches my attention. And I just really want to learn more. Or if I have the opportunity to amplify their voices, I love to have them on. And for me, it's almost like that superhero. And as we know, every superhero has an origin story. And I know that you have a very interesting kind of origin story as you got into, of course, education and then doing the web development and all of that. So if you could, Logan, well, first of all, I want to ask, and this is a question I always ask to lead up into your origin story. Was education something that you always wanted to go into? Or was this obviously something that came into uh, fruition later in your life? Um, I think it depends. If you're asking me, I would say I kind of stumbled into it. If you ask the people that know me really well, they'd say that I was always designed to be an educator. Um, so I'll uh, kind of trust their opinion on that. But uh, I feel like I kind of stumbled into education because in college I studied religion and philosophy and fell in love with kind of the academic study of religion and asking the kind of like deep philosophical questions about life in general and so in college i kind of started to develop this idea that i minded one i might want to pursue um, more education get a phd teach at the collegiate level and just talk about philosophy all day every day um then after i graduated i uh, got married to my beautiful wife morgan um and she and i are also avid outdoors lovers and through hiking the Appalachian Trail um, which spans from Georgia to Maine in the United States it's 2200 miles we decided we wanted to hike that from start to finish as soon as we got married which is what we did in 2016. After we finished that we kind of took a year off to figure out what our next steps were pun intended and uh, we decided that I was going to go to grad school to see if like I still had that drive and desire to pursue further studies. And in that process of going through a master's program where I continued to study religion and philosophy, I realized that I did not really want to pursue a PhD. And through many conversations with mentors and with uh, my family, realized that like I really just wanted to be a teacher. But I didn't have a degree in education, uh, and thankfully, that kind of gets us up to last year where a school decided to hire me on as a teacher's assistant, and next thing I know, I'm in basically a lateral entry program, taking classes right now to get my full license as a teacher, um, and really, I'm thankful that that's the way that uh, the journey kind of went because it was not super traditional. Um, but it was really kind of uh, full of twists and turns, and I'm thankful for all those steps along the way. That is a great, great story. And, you know, it, it's very, it resonates with me a lot because obviously education was not my first choice, but it was something that later came on. And I am with you on that. I am a, I'm thankful for the way things worked out. I really appreciate the fact of where I am in my career now, 16 years later, I'm still in education and I never wanted to be an educator. Um, and, but again, very similar way. Like I absolutely loved 
teaching. Like I would, you know, always learn things and want to share. And so very much like your friends, I definitely agree, you know, and, and then going into religious and philosophy and philosophical studies. I mean, you're learning a lot and you're learning from teachers. And then I'm sure that you also had to teach that in some way, shape or form. So it, it it all goes hand in hand. And I'm really thankful too that you are definitely in the education space because now you also have a different viewpoint, a different perspective coming in from the non-traditional uh, education route and coming into education. It's always great to kind of see things, um, you know, from those perspectives as well. So that's wonderful. And one thing that I do want to say too is the fact that when you stated that you always kind of ask those deep questions, you know, during your philosophy classes and started questioning things. It's really reminiscent of what I see on your Twitter feed also, because you're questioning, you know, obviously we're questioning the AI. I question a lot of things too, you know, um, there's definitely a lot of good, there's definitely, you know, some bad characters, and there's definitely some things that we need to be watching out for, and really having those honest, truthful conversations instead of just really blasting everything out, but just taking some time and reconciling, meeting in the middle and seeing, okay, all the good, there's some of the bad here, that, and we just got to have to reconcile that. So I know it's been great to engage with you on Twitter and talking, and now we get to have a chat here. But not only that, we also get to ch chat about Auto Classmate, which I know I've been checking out, and I'm all about enhancing learner experience and teacher experience. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But for right now, I just simply want to go into obviously the topic of conversation, which would be AI. And so initially, you know, we know from December on, the education landscape has not been the same. And for yourself, having that web developer background too as well, and now going into education, I want to hear things from your perspective and maybe from your area or your district. What were some of the initial reactions as soon as we started seeing just AI come out and being very just, you know, forward facing in our faces? Um, can you give me give us some ideas, uh, you know, and just maybe some anecdotes of what you saw? Sure. Yeah. So um, really, it, it felt like it took a little bit of time before at least my specific school and in the district, we started to like notice and have these kinds of conversations. And even still, like it is very much so an emerging conversation. Um, I'm at a specific school where my principal is actually very well aware. He's been well, well aware of the like potential ramifications of things like ChatGPT and has been following the news even before December. So he was aware, which I've been thankful for because I've been able to have very honest conversations one-to-one -one with him about like, hey, what do I do in a situation where a student might have used ChatGP to turn in an assignment, which happened to me in January. I had that suspicion. And what we realized is like, we really need to have some sort of policy or at least a conversation so that teachers start to become more aware of, you know, what is possible and what students have access to and what they might be using to assist them in what we would consider a learning opportunity. Um, so, you know, it's been a slow conversation, but it's starting to kind of gain traction as things are becoming much more public and hitting the news. And uh, 
I think that kind of over the next couple of weeks, specifically our school, our district are coming up with, you know, more robust answers to these like really serious questions that we all should be asking about AI and how it's impacting not just middle school English language arts, but like education as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's something, like you said, you know, it, it kind of, what you shared right now also kind of goes to show, like you said, there are some districts or maybe even some states that are still kind of really late in the game or are just seeing some of this or seeing some of these uh, tools come into the classroom or hearing about it. So it's so interesting because I know within our, our uh, you know, Twitter space or, or education space, I mean, that's all we talk about. That's what's out there right now. I know I've seen a couple of people just kind of said, you know, I've, I'm on so many waiting lists right now that I'm just kind of taking a step back and just kind of like, you know, waiting for kind of all this to kind of play out a little bit and see those things. And, you know, so we've got that where some people are already a little bit overwhelmed. There's others that are really taking off with it. But I love what you're saying that your district, and we kind of talked a little bit about it pre-chat, you know, that there are some districts that are starting those conversations, some that are a little late in the game, but others right now, because I told you a little bit that usually Right now, late March and to the rest of the year, it's uh, state testing season. So either a lot of administrators and superintendents are kind of putting this off by the wayside. And like I mentioned to you, sometimes they think that this will kind of just go away and take care of itself. But the AI just keeps getting better and better and so many more tools that are coming out, you know, very quickly. I wanted to ask you, though, too, with your background in web development, um, maybe has your district uh, maybe reached out to you to kind of see what you think or ask about your experience and maybe uh, being part of that conversation as far as what you will do moving forward? Uh, yes. So that is kind of a live conversation, actually, as of this past week. Um, they're, again, it, it, they're very well aware of kind of what's happening, what I'm doing. And we're trying to have more of these conversations and they have kind of come to me to ask for some sort of potential like guidance or development where, you know, they're looking at what I'm doing with auto classmate and asking like, how do we leverage this best for our specific district potentially? So yes, is the short answer to that question. We are actively pursuing some sort of route that would go in that direction. Excellent. Well, that's good to know, you know, because right now there's a lot of districts that need some guidance. And I don't know if you uh, caught the show last week on Tuesday. I had William uh, Gruby on the show and William is a master's student who saw that potential need in the classroom to have teachers know what is out there and the implications. And he's out there training teachers and sharing up in the Iowa area and so on. So it's great to see that there are people that see the need, taking those initiatives and sharing this with teachers to inform them of what is out there as far as tools are concerned. So that's great. And I'm glad that you yourself too are part of the conversation. And as much as you are involved on Twitter, you know, you definitely have and share a lot of great knowledge with us in the Twitter space. So I, if you do not follow Logan yet, please make sure that you do follow him on Twitter as I am sharing his Twitter handle. And of course, all of that will be 
in the show notes as well. So William, let's kind of uh, now change the conversation a little bit as we'll lead up into auto classmate too as well. But I want to ask you personally on just on your personal view, as far as AI in the classroom, what are your thoughts about, you know, really implementing AI in the classroom? And are there certain things that you're still kind of a little reluctant about as AI is making its way more into our space? A hundred percent on the reluctancy piece of it. I'm deeply concerned uh, about like the ethics behind AI, both for teachers as well as students, and then ultimately how students and teachers use AI in an actual classroom together. Um, so they're kind of like two different modes of thinking I have about AI when it comes to education for me personally. On the one hand, I've been using AI since, you know, basically December to already begin to like augment or, you know, help me process through things like lesson, lesson plans or things like quizzes and formative assessments. Like I've been using it as an educator in private, essentially on my own to help assist myself because it really does help save time. And on, on, honestly, it feels like I have like an instructional coach with me at all times, as long as I'm giving it the right data and asking the right questions of it. Um, and that's, you know, there are all kinds of ethical implications for educators in that mode of thinking, like how, how much should we be using this tool or this technology versus us coming up with our own ideas, our own thoughts kind of organically in a community? I'm really thankful because uh, my English language arts professional learning community uh, we're all aware of AI and we're using it to like expedite all kinds of processes and make them better. So it frees us up to spend more time on other more meaningful types of things that involve, you know, generating real relationships with students. So that's like one part of it. And then the other piece is, okay, students are using this. I've seen it. I see it weekly or daily at this point. I think it's really cool but I have a hesitation about being like, yeah, go for it, y'all. This is awesome. Because I don't always know, like, what is the actual right thing to do? How far should we allow students to go with this technology on their own without our input or guidance? And that's a tricky situation and a really important question. And I care deeply about ensuring that students and educators are aware of these ethical implications, things like data privacy um, and about, you know, algorithmic bias, which are two things you've talked, you talk, you know, all about. I, I think those need to be addressed for how that applies to educators as well as students. Uh, and so it's just, I have reluctancy, uh, but I also am aware of the urgency of the situation and it's like I want and I feel like we need to be addressing this right now in classes in schools and in districts and as states and as you know humanity basically yeah no I I agree with you on so much of what you said because like I mentioned to you pre-chat like I am here for all of this I love being an early adopter an early user and kind of just thinking and and just 
how this is going to change education, how this is going to change the classroom setting, student learning experience, teacher learning experience. And obviously, you know, one of the biggest things is time, like the time that this will save educators. And like you mentioned, it's absolutely true. Being able to use chat GPT in a way to help save a teacher time. I mean, for me, that's the biggest goal. Anytime that we find a platform that we're going to share is like, if I can save you five, 10 minutes at the end of the day where you could just decompress or just sit there with the lights off and just, you know, relax, you know, that's great. Now, now with ChatGPT, you know, being able to not only create uh, or enhance your lessons from previous years, but also be able to differentiate a lot quicker, you know, being able to put in exact prompts and maybe put in a, a specific supports of what students need needs are and then have ChatGPT create a lesson. Now, obviously, we want to make sure that we show teachers also as well to not just completely trust exactly what is given out because essentially ChatGPT is really just uh, trying to guess whatever word comes next in your phrasing and so on. It's not really like a whole answer that it just comes up out of nowhere, but it's just really, uh, what was the word? It's a uh, I, I forgot. It's the tip of my tongue. Really, it's just uh, predicting. There we go. Just really what should be the next thing that comes up. So I'm here for a lot of that positive. But like you mentioned, too, the data, the data privacy, a lot of those things. And, and it wasn't until I dug deep for this doctoral research project that I did that I thought I was like, yeah, I'm going to be all for AI and everything. I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, yeah, like I'm here for it. But then I saw that dark side, like you said, you know, and that I post a lot about is just the bias that can happen. Number, number, the, the main thing too is protecting teacher digital footprints, student digital footprints. What is that data going to be used? And oftentimes I'm very leery of uh, platforms that are free because if usually if they're free, then you're the product. And the, you know, there's such a thing that my research that I did is the data rentiership where it's like, yeah, we're going to give you this platform, but uh, we're going to use it, but you're essentially renting it because we're getting paid with the data that, you, you know, we're getting back from it and so on. So those are some just conversations that need to be had. And I'm glad that, like you said, in your district, you're kind of starting that, you're part of that. And again, we really need to do better in the education space because I know we definitely want to be the first to share and we want to be the first to say, yes, do this and do that. But we need to be careful too and read the fine print. And yes, although ChatGPT says, you know, 13 years of age, it says with parental consent. I put a poll up recently stating, like, my educator friends, how many of you actually got edu uh, parent parental consent? And overwhelming 63% did not. And then the other uh, difference did get parental consent that they said. So, conversations that need to be had that sometimes people don't want to put out there because. You don't want to seem like the bad guy, but I would rather have those conversations now to think about what we can prevent so we can just continue to use the AI and it gets better and better for our students and enhancing that experience. So, and I'm glad, like you said, you're also part of those conversations on Twitter that you definitely dive in deep and you share some great stuff. So thankful for you and a lot of uh, other educators that are out there too. So uh, going now a little bit, diving in deeper, we talked about, or we're going to talk about Auto Classmate. I personally saw Auto Classmate and I started playing around with it and I was like, 
work. I wish this was around six, seven years ago when I was still in the classroom to be able to use. So I want to know, Logan, where did this inspiration come? come from you know what was your thought process because now i know as an you're an educator uh but also a web developer and so you must have seen that need so where did uh you know what was the concept where did it come from sure yeah it's a great question so uh when i first started using chat gpt in particular i instantaneously was like enamored with its ability to come up with seemingly like unique and really engaging activities that I could use in my classroom. But it required me to go through the kind of this prompt engineering process. I had to really make sure that I was asking a very specific set of questions of the AI to get me what I wanted. And so after I started doing that prompt engineering process for a while, I was like, man, what would be really cool is if I just like built my own system that was fine tuned, that was using the prompts that I had already kind of created and had already been using and helping me in my classroom to come up with activities. I was like, I just need to turn this into a website. Um, and then I've, kind of dug deep into it, realized, okay, I actually could make this happen. I can connect to OpenAI. I understand the process. And so I quickly just like ran some tests, threw together a website. And I was like, man, uh, I feel like other people might actually find this useful as well. Because originally I just made it for myself. It was like, this is just one way of me streamlining the own, my own process that I had in mind. And I thought this could really be powerful for others. Um, so the reason, again, I started using ChatGPT originally was to create more engaging activities in my classroom, because I believe that like, that's what an educator's job is, is you're creating engaging learning opportunities for students. And as an eighth grade teacher, my biggest struggle, my biggest difficulty on a daily basis is just like holding their attention. And what I have to have are like multiple dynamic, unique, kind of abstract, off the wall activities. And it's got to be fast paced if I'm going to keep them for the hour that I have them. So I now have created Auto Classmate to hopefully provide those tools and resources to other educators around the world. And that's kind of my hope of where this might be headed. You know, I really love this. And and actually, while you were answering your question, I do want to give a shout out to Brent Manuel, who, show, who is uh, joining us also. I know he's here from Ottawa, Canada, and he tells us he does use AI for blog posting. But he also says here, you know, Auto Classmate is great and he uses it every day. So thank you, Brent, also. And then we've got uh, Eric also, who's joining us, powerful point, you know, on some of the things that you mentioned. So thank you so much for those of you that are participating in the chat. Uh, but as you were explaining a couple of things here, I want to go back a little bit because you hit on some very great points. While I was in the classroom, a lot of the things, my, I, and I shared a blog about this maybe like a year ago or something. I said, you know, the three words that have helped me be successful in education have been the ability to improvise, adapt, and overcome. 
And that is something that teachers are continually doing. And maybe they don't recognize it as improvise, adapt, and overcome because it just becomes something that's second nature. But what I love that you said with something like chat GPT and AI tools, and obviously auto classmate, because I'm going to share the screen in a little bit, the ability to, let's say, take a lesson. And sometimes maybe that lesson doesn't quite go the way you think it it's going to go maybe for that first block. But how can you immediately just not get down on yourself and say, okay, how can I make it better for second block or third block or whatever? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let me go ahead and put in my prompt here in Auto Classmate. And now Auto Classmate is going to go ahead and either give me some ideas or this could be done the day before. But I love the ability to kind of adapt to that class, adapt to the student, adapt to just your day. Like sometimes as a teacher, we can come in and we just have low energy and we can't really process because it's been a tough week or it's been a tough class. But the fact that we have a tool such as Auto Classmate that we can come to, to just kind of either draw some inspiration or think of an activity, that is something that is amazing. So while you were answering that, and like I said, I do appreciate your answer. I did uh, pop in and let me go ahead and bring in that Chrome window here. And I asked um, Auto Classmate here, my prompt was explain the water cycle. And then here it gave me uh, three activities, you know, and it generated these responses. So I've got the water cycle relay race now. I've got a water cycle bracelet making or the water cycle song. And then I love the fact that I can download this as a PDF or I can reload the tool. But again, this is what we're here for. This is what the AI is here for. And I'm not saying that this is completely to substitute a teacher or replace a teacher because one of the things that you mentioned uh, was that connection with students. The AI cannot make that personal connection. The AI is not going to be able to tell when your student is having a bad day. They didn't eat breakfast. They didn't get a good night's sleep. Maybe they're having some issues at home. They're, the AI is not going to be there to comfort that student while you're there visibly being able to help that student cope with what they're going on the day-to-day. -day. However, as a teacher, this tool right here for us to take maybe and reflect on a lesson that we did that day and say, how can I take it to that next level? And a tool like this comes about. I mean, how can you say, no, I'm not going to use it. I'm just going to continue doing what I've always done and not adapt to the tech or adapt your lesson. So this is amazing. Like I said, I absolutely love it. So tell us a little bit more, like you said, so you you uh, started using some of the prompts that you were using. You saw the need. So I want to know, uh, Logan, what is your next step? What is it that you want uh, Auto Classmate to be within the education space? Another great question. Uh, the answer to it is different every single day. But <laughs> um, essentially, they're kind of three maybe different dynamics uh, that I'm trying to address simultaneously. So number one, my first like big priority is just developing more of these types of tools that are not just based on my own experiences 
within my classroom, but are actually based on other teachers' experiences in their classrooms. I've been really thankful for Twitter because I've been able to develop some connections with other teachers to ask like, hey, you're using AI. Can we work together to figure out like some prompts together and then make it so it's way more accessible to other educators around the world where they don't have to necessarily go through the chat GPT prompt engineering process and we can fine tune our own model so that it's actually giving you higher yield um, activities or responses, whatever it is that the outcome is supposed to be. If we can work together around the world to make our questions more powerful that we're asking of AI, then I think that it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. But um, my goal is to build those types of tools. Um, and right now, kind of the most immediate next step is I am going to be launching very soon um, basically a full integration with ChatGPT. So like that screen that you just shared, what people will soon have access to is a fine-tuned version of ChatGPT that acts like an instructional coach or an educational coach where it knows the content that's on the screen. It knows things like state standards, curriculum outcomes, classroom management strategies. It knows all of that. And whatever activities or responses it just generated that you can ask questions to, and then it'll ask questions back to you. So it's like having a professional educator, hopefully, right next to you that can give you kind of the process of what it would be like to have a human being asking you really powerful questions and guide you through you know making a lesson or an activity more engaging more meaningful or more connected and aligned with a specific standard or learning objective so that's kind of prong one is ai tools make them more robust make them more unique and available to uh, teachers Prong number two is I really am interested in like cultivating a blog space where we're featuring voices of all kinds of backgrounds with different opinions about AI, how it actually could impact the classroom. I really value amplifying voices, much like yourself, that are from all over the world of different backgrounds and cultures so that we're not just, you know, creating an echo chamber of the same type of, you know, ideas over and over again. And then um, the third kind of prong, I think, is ultimately, um, you know, turning this into some sort of, you know, actual tool that could be used simultaneously with students in some kind of way. Um, one a really great example that I've been working on alongside um, an educator I met on Twitter is basically like a fine-tuned version of ChatGPT that would be... Uh, basically act like a debate uh partner where <laughs> students can just debate with it and it'll you know offer rebuttals to our, all kinds of arguments um so that's like one of the tools i have that's in the works that could technically be used i think in a classroom setting real time i think it, things like that could be really powerful i that's where my hesitation comes in though is when it starts to be used with and alongside students that wasn't my primary objective primary objective was how do we serve educators around the world to the best of our possible ability no and i love everything that you said you know because it's so important i love it and 
it, it's great that it's a teacher has that personal assistant there, you know, that additional support. You pop in the question. The one thing that really kind of made my eyes light up was the fact that you mentioned state standards. And I know that there's a lot of uh, AI tools out there right now. But the fact that maybe, obviously, because it's generative and it's just predicting what the next word will be. But I think that once you start, you know, it starts really getting to know the standards or get fed the standards, that can help so much. Because if I go in there, I can go ahead and pop in something, but it's going to give me something generic and not really what is for my needs for my students, for those standards. But I think, like I said, it's going to get better and better each time. But I think that once it gets, uh, you know, those standards uh, aligned and we start seeing those answers, that could be a huge game changer, uh, especially here in Texas where everything has to be standards aligned. And if you don't include state standards in any of your products, Good luck getting into the door of any <laughs> district. But I think that you mentioned something that 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 you mentioned was something that is great. And I love your vision for this, you know, that it's meant for teachers, not necessarily the students at all whatsoever, you know, and we need to be very cautious. And I love the fact that really you're just being open and honest and safeguarding our students you know, and making sure that they're taken care of. We know that, you know, they're, they're going to leave a huge digital footprint. And I know that many of them are going to be using this tool. And a lot of people say, well, they're already using it at home. I know. I mean, but we, let's control what we can to keep them safe. And obviously have those crucial conversations with them, talking about them, you talking about digital citizenship and the importance of that and the type of data that you're putting in and making sure that, you know, they remain safe. But I absolutely love, you know, what you have here and what the future looks like. So what I want to do, too, is I want to bring this back up so we can share with our audience hear what you have available right now as far as the free tools that are here and you have something that's coming up here as well. So I love you have the would you rather question generator, the activation and engagement activity generator, which is what I used right now, and then the lesson plan and activity forecast tool. So um, Logan, can you walk us through, um, you know, some of these tools? And for our audience members, I know that are going to be listening you know, at least they can listen to what is here and what is being offered and what the goal is within the classroom use. So let's start off with the would you rather question generator. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> would you rather questions or like a very personal subject to me? I absolutely adore asking would you rather questions to my eighth grade students because they love them. And it's like almost a guarantee, like peak of interest i'm going to have their attention when i ask these questions and uh i i built that tool again it was for me i was like i am i've gone through what i am aware of every single possible list on the internet of would you rather questions like i've read them all is what i convinced myself of so i was like let's leverage ai to make new ones and let's make it so that they could actually be on topic because I really like crafting uh, warm-ups in my class that are like subtly hinting towards where the rest of the class is going to go. So if I want would you rather questions that are about identifying the theme of a poem, I can ask it for absurd and hilarious would you rather questions related to the theme of a poem and get 
10 hopefully random, absurd, hilarious, would you rather questions that I can then throw into um, my warm up or just random brain breaks in the middle of a lesson and hopefully get some attention, get some interest right out of the gate. Um, this is a really fun tool for me. And I don't know of like, if it's a widespread need of having a would you rather question generator, but uh, I know a lot of teachers at my school love would you rather questions. So if it serves just one, then I'm happy that it exists. But I use that, you know, at least twice a week, probably just for the kicks. Uh, I really enjoy that one. You know, and, and it it really, it serves the purpose of what we're talking about here in our show, which is just crafting engaging classroom moments with AI. And I think that your tool really, you know, really fits the title, you know, that for what we're doing, you're just enhancing those moments, that learning, having some fun, giving the students a little brain break and just still having some fun with what they're learning. But in a way where the teacher doesn't have to really, and I don't want to say like, you know, maybe I don't want to say too much effort, but you know, there's some effort there, but you're, you're going to get something in return. That is going to be a great conversation starter. You know, there are some discourse that can happen, some ideas, some thought, you know, you've got collaboration, critical thinking, creativity, um, communication, you know, hitting the four C's with just an activity like this. And oftentimes I feel that in many classrooms, there isn't enough dialogue, there isn't enough discourse. And so something like this is very useful. So I definitely love that. So now after this, we've got the activation and engagement activity generator, which is the one that I used while you were answering one of your questions and asking, you know, um, you know, learning about the water cycle. So uh, for our audience members, can you describe this tool and what your thought process was when you created this one? Sure. So this is actually kind of the first tool that I built that was directly kind of going back to what I mentioned earlier, a prompt that I had engineered a while back that um, I was using regularly with ChatGPT to create just more engaging activities with my students. Because um, what I realized is, you know, I could do the same thing that I did last year in a class, but it's not the case that it's going to land the same or have the same impact with this year's students. And it's also the case that sometimes your students from one class block to the next are going to respond differently to any given activity. So this tool is really meant to simply take a prompt, have you enter very simplified uh, parameters like your grade level and what you want your students to learn. And that could be a state standard. That could be a learning ob objective or an ICANN statement, whatever it is that you already use in your classroom, just copy and paste it into what you want your students to learn. And then it'll generate three more engaging activities than maybe what you had originally planned that you could hopefully quickly implement within a lesson. And I love this because, again, I went this time I went to fifth grade and in, as a fifth former fifth grade science, math and social studies teacher, um, you know, water cycle was something that we went over. And that's definitely part of our state standards. And now I got a completely different response here, which is now cloud in a jar experiment. I've got a water cycle in a bag activity 
and create a water cycle diagram lesson. So I thought that that was uh, pretty cool and pretty unique. Like you said, you know, being able to have that lesson assistant or your personal assistant there to kind of help you improvise, adapt and overcome, you know, as you're doing your lesson and just finding and crafting those unique moments like on the spot or, of course, the day before as you're planning or you're planning ahead. And I think that's something that's great that offers something unique like you were talking about. So definitely a big plus right there. All right. And then let's go on to the next uh, one, lesson plan and activity forecast tool. Tell us a little bit about this one. So this is kind of also a natural um, process that I went through. It came out of the that activity uh, engagement and activity generator tool we just went through. Basically, what I started using ChatGPT for uh, back in January was trying to predict either activities or lesson plans that I was going to implement within my classroom. I wanted to know, like, hey, what might go wrong here? Or what might go well here? And I found that if I, you know, again, asked the right question of ChatGPT, then what I could do is predict some pretty, in my opinion, accurate outcomes of an activity. So essentially what that tool will do is take whatever lesson or activity that you are planning to use in class, generate two positive outcomes, two things that you believe uh, are two different ways that it could go well and how you could encourage those things to go well in your class. And then also two negative uh, or potentially negative outcomes of whatever activity or lesson you're planning. What that does is maybe give you a little added insight to your specific classroom and how you might either be proactive in preparing for the worse or, you know, really focusing on the potential positive of whatever, whatever it is that you are planning to do. Oh, I, and I love it. And I, I love the instructions here, the tools and look at that right away. The water cycle again, I just popped it in here. Here's my lesson activity, potential outcome. Number one, students will gain a deeper understanding and appreciation of the water cycle. Potential positive outcome two, students will be inspired and take action to protect the environment. Uh, potential negative outcome one, students may become bored or disengaged. And I love this right here. Look at this. To prevent this negative outcome, teacher can incorporate different types of activities. And you give, you know, some examples here what teachers can do. Potential negative outcome two, students may not retain the information. And I mean, talk about a helpful tool. And again, you can download this as a PDF or you can reload the tool and go back as many times as needed. And I, Logan, right I'm sorry, right now you have this available to teachers completely free. This is amazing. Now, I know that there's a lot of processing that goes behind this and, you know, all that good stuff. So I know that essentially this will be at least some sort minimally be monetized in order to, for the upkeep. So what are the future plans for this? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, kind of one of my passions and I'd call it a conviction in life is that like educators deserve to have tools for free. Like I believe that it is a difficult job. I believe that before I was an educator myself. And so if I can provide some sort of meaningful service to educators at no cost to them, then I'd love to do that. 
but you are right. It does cost money. And right now everything has been, uh, originally it was funded by myself. Um, and I also created when I launched the site, what I called an early bird membership program, where it's really just for folks that whether or not you're using the tools, whether you're an educator or not, if you believe in this mission and vision that I have, it's just an opportunity for you to say, hey, here's $5 a month, keep doing what you're doing. Um, the plan though, moving forward is I am gonna be launching a full membership program that has access to premium tools like um, that instructional coach integration with chat GPT, where you're actually able to ask questions of whatever AI responses the site generates for you. That'll basically be like a premium feature that will be um, part of a paid membership where you'll have all kinds of access to new tools, more robust tools, the ability to like save responses, edit them yourself, um, those types of more advanced features, where if an educator really believes in this, they use it on a daily basis, then I'd love for them to be able to, you know, pay to use those tools. But my plan is to keep a certain set and a certain type of these AI tools free with the money that I hopefully start to generate um, with Auto Classmate. Uh, my goal and my dream is not to kind of turn this into a get rich uh, quick type of scheme. That's why everything right now is free. I love that teachers are using this right now. I love how quickly more and more teachers around the world have used it and hopefully implemented these would you rather questions or forecasts or activities within their classrooms because I do believe that education is an incredibly powerful force. And if we leverage education and things like AI, we can really create a force for good in this world. Absolutely. And I am with you on that. I Honestly, Logan, I am so happy and thankful for what you're doing, you know, because number one, you're being so considerate of Number one, your your profession, the fact that you're coming into teaching, you found a need, you created something to fill that need, and you said, hey, I can't be the only one that's going through this, and you put this out here in the education uh, landscape for other educators to be able to use. So number one, I'm very thankful for that and the heart in doing so and your mission too as well. And number one, because this is also going to ed uh, help educate our educators about AI, the possibilities, the, the, the positive side of this, having that immediate personal assistant, that coach, um, you know, a wonderful resource to help them improvise, adapt and overcome. And obviously as you continue to grow, you know, that, that membership, um, you know, obviously because of the work that you're doing, but not only that, it's really the programming, you know, and, and the tokens that it uses to produce, you know, all of these answers, you know, it, it does come with a cost, but I love the fact that you're keeping it as much as, a, a, as low as possible barrier to entry for our educators. So the fact that you have taken so many things into consideration, I applaud you and I admire your work and I am so thankful that you and I had the opportunity to connect and be able to have this amazing conversation because truly what you're doing is helping and will help our educators, like the title says, craft those engaging moments in the classroom. So thank you so much for what you're doing, Logan. I really appreciate you. And as we wrap up uh, our show, 
first and foremost, before we get into my favorite segment, which is the last three questions, which uh, the fact that you mentioned Edu Kryptonite in the in the pre-chat kind of makes me happy that I was like, oh, he's he's watched a show or two. So that's uh, I w- I'm very thankful for that, too, as well. Uh, but before we get into those questions, Logan, can you please share with our audience members? I know I've been sharing it, but I want them to hear it from you. What is the best way that they can contact you directly? And also, please share the website. What is uh, the Auto Classmate website web address? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So you can go to autoclassmate.io for all of those tools that we've kind of talked through and demonstrated here tonight. Uh, You can also follow autoclassmate. It has its own set of social media through Facebook uh, and Twitter. All of them are at autoclassmate. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Logan C. Greenhaw. Uh, I do try to be as active as I can on Twitter and interact and answer DMs and questions on there because I do believe it's an important space. So I'd love for you to follow me uh, on Twitter specifically, again, at Logan C. Greenhall. Excellent. And guys, all of that will be on the show notes, but I just wanted y'all to hear it from Logan as well as he shares his passion. He shares just his drive and obviously just the excitement that he has for AI and the the potential that it has for our teachers. And again, going back to enhancing those learning experiences. So Logan, here we go. Favorite part of the show here. Last three questions. So number one, first and foremost, in the current state, maybe I'll give you an option here. Normally I ask in the current state of uh, education, but I'll throw this in here also as well. In the current state of education or AI, what would you consider your edu kryptonite or your ai kryptonite Ooh, okay uh so i'll start the ai kryptonite is i i really do believe that we need to have these conversations now and the thing that kind of causes me to stumble is when either teachers are saying you know what no let's just shut this down not talk about it act like it doesn't exist uh that that frustrates me and i you know, it causes me to kind of just have some frustration because I, I get it. I get the hesitancy and I understand it, but I also really care about making sure we do this and do it well and ethically. Um, education as a whole, as a beginning teacher, it's really just like learning how to, you know, manage people and manage time, just management in general. Is, it's like, it feels like there's so much happening all the time. Just like how quickly AI is moving, it feels like that when you walk into a school building. It's just like, uh, I don't know what to do. Um, And it can be really overwhelming. So uh, I just always am trying to figure out how to manage. All right. Great answers for both. So thank you, Logan. That was a first time two-parter for that first question. So you have the honor of having that first time two-parter question. So that's awesome. All right. My next question to you, Logan, is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? So this is a tough question. You can ask my wife, Morgan, because I've asked for her answer on this a few times this week, and I don't know the best one. But what I'm, I think I'm landing on is part of the mission of Auto Classmate. Uh, if you go to our uh, mission page, you'll see something about 
what I believe the power of education can be. On a billboard, I'd really just keep it simple and say something like, education can help save the world. Because what we've noticed and what studies are telling us is that as education goes up, as more and more folks become educated, as graduation rates increase, as more years of education increase, we see things lower like poverty rates. Uh, we see violence decrease. We see access to clean water increase. So if we care about global issues, we should care about education. So I'd just say education can help us save the world. So let's do it. Love it. That is perfect. That is going to be a great soundbite right there. And again, also, you can visit that if you go to autoclassmate.io forward slash mission, you can definitely check out that mission. And it's definitely a great mission that Logan uh, and autoclassmate are, you know, uh, really shooting for. So definitely great. Thank you so much. And my last question, Logan, let's say that this was uh, the Logan Greenhaw podcast or Maybe, maybe the Auto Classmate IO podcast, whichever comes first or however you like to name it. But let's say that I had the honor to be a guest on your show. What might be one question you'd like to ask me? So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked my eighth grade students on day one. If I gave you a million dollars right now and you had 24 hours to spend every last penny of it, but you can't invest it, you can't save it, and you can't give it away. What would you do with the money? Mm, great question. That kind of caught me off guard, but I can't, I could, 24 hours, definitely I would start paying off some bills for sure. And really, you know, to be honest with you, I've definitely been so blessed that the only thing that I myself would keep is just enough to pay off my house and my car, because those are the two biggest payments. Uh, luckily, my parents' house is paid off for, and the rest, I would definitely be able to be more philanthropic, uh, you know, uh, find entities that can definitely help this mission too, because I agree with you, the more educated we are, the better things will be. So if there are any missions out there, and maybe I would even provide to um, some, um, you know, adoptions, ho adoption homes, uh, things of that sort, even into maybe Mexico or South America and things like that, build, you know, places for kids that need just to feel loved or a safe space for them. I would definitely do a lot of investing in that and try and change their life and their world because I don't want them falling into the same cycle. I want them to know that there is hope and they don't have to fall in that same cycle, that they could be that change that can spark themselves and their future generations for better. So that is probably what I will do. And that really takes care of everything right then and there. I would find those uh, organizations quickly because I only have 24 hours to do it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's a great question. Thank you so much, Logan. I really appreciate you. And this conversation has been very fruitful. My my heart is full. My bucket is filled because obviously we talked about tech. We talked about AI. We definitely got your perspective and the work that you're doing. And I love that you're uh, finding that balance for both. You see the positive side, but you're also very cautious in protecting our students our, and our teachers as well as they both leave digital footprints and so on. But thank you for considering that because oftentimes it all that falls by the wayside and it's all about just let me get this out there and 
it doesn't matter what might happen. Thank you so much for really thinking about those things and obviously your mission. And I definitely, guys, please make sure you check out Auto Classmate. Make sure that you support him. He's got, an, Logan's got a great heart, amazing intentions, a wonderful guy all around. Make sure that you do connect with him on all social medias, uh, media accounts. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to be hearing a lot from him as I know that this won't be his only show that he'll be on. But, um, you know, I'm just really excited for what the future holds for Auto Classmate. So thank you, Logan, for being an amazing guest. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you, Fonz. Thanks so much for having me on. Excellent. Well, for all our audience members in the chat, Yolanda, Eric, Robert, that I just saw, Brent, that was here, uh, who else showed up in the very beginning? I think that was them. But thank you so much for joining us in the chat. And for those of you that are catching the replay or rewatching the episode, as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for making my EdTech life what it is today. As you know, we do what we do. Uh, we do it for you. I know it sounds kind of cheesy and it sounds like that song, but this is really my passion. It just, uh, you know, really fills me uh, to be able to connect you with amazing educators such as Logan and all the other 186 amazing educators that have been on previous shows. So please make sure you stop by our website where you can go ahead and check out this episode and the other amazing episodes. And you can learn and take something from every single educator that has been on that you can sprinkle on to what you are already doing great. Please make sure that you stop by our website also and give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear hear what is what we're doing you know what do you like what do you like maybe you've got some guest suggestions feel free to reach out and reach out to us also on all socials and if you want to contribute to our mission of connecting educators and creators please stop by our merch store where you can get yourself some caps shirts you know we've got all sorts of accessories that you can purchase and all that goes right back into the show but thank you so much as always and my friends don't forget until next time Stay techie.